from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen, this that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system. This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights. This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite. Weekly battles, ratings shattered, this a revolution. This is changed to what the game is used to doing. This is all about that dark and light contrast. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro, joined always with G-Rock. Before we get into the show, I want to thank everybody for subscribing to the podcast, leaving those reviews, for following us on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night, and for subscribing to our YouTube channel at Fight for Wednesday Night. Thanks a lot, guys. Welcome back, Wednesday Night Warrior. I hope your week was good. I hope things are looking up. If you're a WWE fan slash NXT fan, keep looking up. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, not biased at all. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to jump into that quite yet. Um, yeah, how's your week, De Niro? So far, so good. Um, met Harry Styles for what that's worth. <laughs> uh, One the, Direction, Harry Styles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, met the yeah. Cardinal. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little, a little well, actually, religion. yeah, I met him before, but yeah, he came by Rock Center, so that was cool. Um, yeah, just a basic week. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. my what week about was you? good. My day was good. That's Wrote good. a couple of scenes, cashed a check. Life is looking up. <laughs> Always good when you're catching checks. Exactly. Let's jump into this. All right, let's do it. I got to start with NXT. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, this week was a little bit better than yeah. last week. Yeah, it was a little better. But not exactly. Keyword, little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we got to take the small positives. And with that being said, I did enjoy... The Ciampa and Austin Theory match. I I do appreciate the fact that they gave Austin Theory a chance to sort of, I guess, redeem themselves from the previous week because they totally made him look like chopped liver. And as we said, you know, we didn't think he was the right guy for that spot. But uh, this week, you know, he actually had a legitimate match with Ciampa where he looked very, very good. Um, You know, I've been singing his praises as a wrestler. I think, you know, sky's the limit. Now, as far as a character, I don't know. But he's young. He's 22. He's, you know, he has his time to to work on that. But nonetheless, you know, I thought this was a very good match. And I think he showed why 
he has a lot of promise and could very well be the future in NXT. I agree 100%. I came into this match a little scared because of the way they treated him last week. I did not want them to squash him. And I really thought there was like a slight possibility of that happening. So I was like, uh, don't make this kid look like he's going to be a star one day and then like bring him right back down here. Because we've seen that before with guys in NXT. And I didn't want that to happen. We didn't get that. We got a good competitive match. It was a match where Ciampa looked strong, but it also made Austin Theory look strong in defeat, which was cool. I did not like the post-match where when Gargano comes out, that's cool. They're fighting it off. But then Austin Theory goes to like take a take a shot at Ciampa, and Ciampa just like one punch knocks him out. <laughs> and then he he does the oversell. <laughs> yeah, and you know what the thing is? Like I'm logical. When I think of like things like that, I'm like, all right, if one punch from Ciampa could like make this guy fall out the ring like that, why didn't that happen during the match? Like one punch just knocks him out, and then you know one, two, three. And William Regal's in AEW. I mean in NXT. Sorry guys. So the power of the punch is there, right? <laughs> but no, yeah. I like this match. It was probably the highlight of the show for me because it did make a young guy look like he's going to be a future star. And we kept Ciampa strong and we continued the feud with Ciampa and Gargano. As far as the punch goes, I, you can't look too much into professional wrestling, but it's my sentiment no, no, exactly. No. It's still real to me. It's still Damn real. It. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. But, you know, like I said, he is 22 years old. And I figured, you know, I guess in his mind, he's thinking, this is my opportunity, you yeah. know. So he went for broke and sold the punch. But, yeah, it was just a little, I don't know. But yeah. going back to what you were saying, going into this match, I was a little little nervous about it as well in the, the standpoint exactly of, of what you were saying. You know, they do have a habit of kind of burying guys. You know, one minute you're up, one minute you're down. Um, you know, I mean, look at this past, uh, well, the Saudi Arabia show uh, for WWE. I mean, <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> talking <laughs> about, you know, I'm one, glad minute, I was working. one minute you're on top yeah. and the next minute they just chop the legs right up beneath you. Part of me, not to go on a whole tangent here about this, <laughs> but part of me was kind of upset. Oh man, I'm working. I do need to catch that show. Maybe after work, after we do the podcast, I'll catch it. Now, after like hearing what happened, I really don't want to see that show. I think it's just going to break my heart. So yeah. You know, yeah. And I mean, going to that, I mean, you know, last week we were very disappointed with NXT and the booking of that show and the lack of creativity. And then, you know, the Saudi Arabia show is not looking that great either. So WWE is not exactly. really, uh, you know, on the ups and ups for me. Well, they are proven to you that you're wrong. There is equality between the main <laughs> roster and NXT. They both suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, at this moment, it, it's a little troublesome. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And, you know, I think we see that uh, later on in the, in the uh in the match card with NXT, but, um, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't want to shit on them too much. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, there, this show was a little bit better than last week. So I am trying to pull the positives. Uh, I could pull a positive right now. So one thing I really did like about this show was the Finn Balor segment. Yes. Yes. So to get into that, Finn Balor comes out and we're not sure the direction of his, uh, not character, but what he's going to do next. Like, is the he going to go feud, for right? a title? Who is he going to feud with next? And then Imperial Music's hit. And I'm like, just instantly, like, so many thoughts came to my mind. Like, oh, my God. Like, Fowler versus Walter would be amazing. And then, yeah I, was, yeah. I was shocked. I was completely shocked as well. So if that's the way that they're going to go, if they're going to go with, well, if they're going to build up to Balor versus Walter and have it for the UK champion, hey, take my money. <laughs> All of it. Yeah, I think I think that's interesting. Uh, 
I didn't see that one coming. That was yeah. totally flew, you know, under the radar for me. Um, because I was thinking that they would put him against Cole. Yeah, you know, I didn't see, you know, either one of them having a clear direction at the yeah. moment. And uh, like we mentioned in um, in the uh, Portland uh, Takeover podcast, that Balor did look really strong mm-hmm. coming off that win against Gargano. But um, this one is very interesting to me because Imperium is a faction and Balor is one single guy. So I don't know if like how they're going to drag out this feud. And we see, you know, in the past NXTs, especially recently, yeah. where guys will align themselves, you know, to take on a faction, you know, more in particular with uh, the Undisputed Error. You know, how many times is Ciampa, you know, teaming up with Dijakovic or Lee and, you know, whatever, and, yeah. and, and then Riddle. And so, yeah, there's a lot of, like, factions. But it, it's interesting because Balor's kind of like this lone wolf, you know, and he's this heel. And you're going against another heel team. So I don't know. And it looked like Balor during his promo was sort of kind of face-like. Well, I didn't get that face vibe in the promo, but I did feel like they were going to turn him face after he was attacked by Imperium and he was like beat down. He was basically jumped. Now, we all know Balor's past. Now, fantasy booking, I would love if he gets the help of the OC to go against the uh, Imperium. I don't think that's going to happen, but... Yeah, Balor is a you can low... put it out there, though. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> hey, I'm psychic, right? So, Yossi's going to come. Rub that crystal bro. We're going to see AJ involved. No. But, yeah, I don't know how they're going to, like, play this out. I could see them doing something where every week Balor has to beat someone else in Imperium one-on-one, and then it builds up to the match with Walter. But I'm really excited to see where this goes. So, this was something that was on the show that made me, like, say, hey, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Like I said, uh, whenever I watch a show and I'm surprised... I feel like, you know, you did a good job yeah. because some, uh, so many times they become quite predictable. Yeah. So this was definitely a, a good job. Um, going back to a more sour note. First they're sweet, then they're sour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, with this show, that's how it is. So the main the main event was Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair. And, you know, I was excited for this. I've been talking about how, you know, at Mania, it's going to be a three-way. In my opinion, it's going to be it's going to be a fucking three-way. And I was excited for this match because I thought that would kind of build towards that. And I'm sorry. It just wasn't cutting it for me. This match itself was a little flat. Um, And personally, it wasn't on flair. Uh, It kind of showed the inexperience of Bianca Belair. Uh, Her moves just weren't crisp in my eyes. I don't know if it was the moment, uh, you know, going against Charlotte Flair, understanding, you know, that the eyes are on you and that this is your opportunity. To shine, I don't know if uh, she just kind of crumbled a little bit under the pressure, but just certain things just did not look right. It, it just seemed like there was some miscommunication amongst them. And then never mind the ending and after the match, uh, poorly timed. It looked like it was just one big clusterfuck where somebody missed the time because uh, Ripley's music hits and she's doing her whole fucking entrance. And Charlotte is still like attacking Bel Air, and and she she first put the uh, she attached the chair to her yeah. leg, stomped it, and then continued for the figure eight. But meanwhile, Ripley's music been hit; she's already out, and she's still going through her whole you know entrance and and this big stomp. And then it's like time is cutting it really close. I mean, even though they go over every week, so she finally comes rushing out. And you, if you even notice, the referee kind of gives her a. Push on the back. Like, yeah. get in there. We're rushed for time. Yeah. You know, because he's got the earpiece, so he knows. And it just looked like just 
a disaster to me. You know, it wasn't yeah. strong. It wasn't strong at all. And this was again the the one match, the one segment that I was kind of really hoping would be the saving grace. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, this show did have some positives, but um, you know, again, it was just sort of flat. And this was the one match I was looking forward to, just like last week with Roddy and uh, and Velveteen Dream. That fell short, and this one in my eyes fell short. So right now, NXT has no favor for me. All right, well, that was a whole mouthful right there. So I'm going to bring it back to <laughs> – Let me take a sip yeah, of water. To the match. So this match started out really clunky, in my opinion. I – you know, as much as I want to say that NXT is on a level playing field with uh, – I keep on saying AW – with Raw and SmackDown – you could tell the clear difference between the star power of someone like Charlotte and then like Bianca Belair. Now Bianca Belair, like she has, you know, charisma, she has the character, she has the talent, but just the entrance alone of Charlotte, it's like big deal. You know, this is going to be a big match because Charlotte's here. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that NXT lacks is still creating stars. Like they have the guys where it's like this is really good. Wait, they're I, really. I don't mean to cut you off there, De Niro, but in all fairness, they do create stars, but then they're just taken onto the main roster. But here's the thing, right? If there's going to be a level playing field, why do you need to be taken to the main roster to be taken to that next level where somebody should be a star <laughs> here in NXT? You know what I mean? Where the people that we look at, oh, Bianca Belair, that's a star. But then Charlotte comes and is like, is she really a star? Because Charlotte, and but it gets overshadowed. I know there's years of Charlotte. Yeah, and, and, but and in all fairness, I mean, I'm just saying, look at the big it, matches that Charlotte it, has, and and you know her her length of her career. You know, Bianca Belair is still. I understand that, but young. I'm just saying, like, it does show, like, all right, they're still a little notched down. Yeah, yeah, the professional, the pre- the professionalism of the match, yeah. and and being able to sort of even direct the match, uh, which obviously Charlotte was doing. Yeah, uh, you know this 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 match was pretty much directed by her. Uh, and, uh, no, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Actually. Yeah, so, no, did you have, like, a final thought there? Because I just want to... All right, well, I was just going to say <laughs> is that, you know, I think it just shows the level of confidence and the level of big moments and big spots. You know, how often do you really get that level of magnitude in in NXT? Well, yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I still feel like as much as I want them to be at a level playing field, they're not because you don't get that larger-than-life moment in NXT. Like, for example, when Drew McIntyre took out Brock Lesnar, it was like, oh, my God, this is huge. Yeah, yeah. Now, in NXT, you get really big moments, but you don't get the moments where this is like, like stop and pause and everyone's just going ballistic. You know what I mean? You get cool spot, crazy move, and cool character, but you don't got megastar, larger-than-life superstars like the WWE is creating. And that's where I'm saying, like, if NXT wants to be considered on the level playing field, they need to find what works for them to become megastars, superstars, because it's working with some people like Keith Lee. I feel like he's becoming that megastar. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it really showed here, in my opinion, that Charlotte's a bigger star. Now, yeah, the match was clunky. There was a lot of miscommunication where it looked like, for example, they were outside and Charlotte was going to run into the post and oh. like she basically had to throw herself into the post because yes. like... Come on! It, like, it was like a tug of war going yeah, on between them. Like it looked like, come on, like throw me, and that was like really, you know, sad to see because I did look forward to this match, like you did, to be like the one thing that's going to save this show. I I've been saying the wrapping recap, like I'm praying that Charlotte could raise the bar higher for NXT, and I just feel like it 
it was just a regular show. It didn't even feel like, oh, a big star is here because of the way the match went. Like, the entrances came, you had a megastar, and then the match was just lackluster, and then it was, like, back down to earth. Like, this is still just NXT. Now, I completely hear what you're saying, and I'm just I'm just thinking now from maybe their perspective, uh, maybe they put this match together to sort of get those jitters out for Bel Air. Because again, I'm I'm really convinced this is a th- this is eventually going to be announced as a three way in WrestleMania, and I think that they're they're understanding that Bel Air is what 22, 23 years old, and she hasn't had those big moments. She did for for the Royal Rumble, um, which was awesome, but personally, she hasn't had many. And if you're going to be involved in a match with Charlotte Flair, especially on WrestleMania. Are you kidding me? Fucking WrestleMania. Like, you got to be on your A game. That's what I'm saying. So like, I'm sort of thinking that this was a feeling out process for them to work together. And hopefully, you know, they'll have either another opportunity before WrestleMania or hopefully they just, you know, get it, get it together at WrestleMania. I'm starting to disagree with you with thinking that this is going to be a three-way because, in my opinion, Belair lost clean against Rhea and then Belair lost clean against Charlotte. Why do you deserve a title shot at WrestleMania? Maybe this was their way to say, hey, let's get Belair at the title picture because she lost already to the title, to the champion, Rhea, and then she lost to the number one contender. Like, why would she be considered even eligible for a three-way match at WrestleMania? I think this was their way of saying, we're going with Charlotte versus Rhea, and that's it. You know what? Hey, I, I said it from the beginning that I liked Ripley going against Charlotte. Yeah. And I think it would be major for, for the NXT brand either way. No matter what the outcome is, it's great for NXT. I'm just thinking from the WWE perspective, it gives them an out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't and I'll tell you this right now. Like I'll let you I'll let you finish mm-hmm. real quick, but you know, I've been saying it from the beginning that they they only mentioned NXT as being the third brand, but besides that episode prior to uh, Portland, they haven't showed me shit that shows that this is really the third brand. Yeah. Outside of maybe a, a, a Royal Rumble or a Survivor Series, what have you done for them? What have you done? Like I said, the machine is not behind NXT. And if you look at Vince's priority list, I'm pretty sure NXT is at the bottom there. He's got the XFL, he's got, you know, Raw, he's got SmackDown, and then there's NXT. You know, I'm sure that, you know, Triple H is, is pushing for it. He wants this to grow. This is his baby. So, of course, he wants it to be on the level playing field. But, I mean, you know, hey, as long as Vince is at the top of the helm, I don't think that they're going to get the backings behind it. I totally agree. I think there's a tug of war between Vince and Triple H for the backing for a um, NXT. God damn it. (laughs) Get it together. Damn it. I'm just so eager to talk about AEW. No. No. So, yeah, I I totally agree. And that was the point I was making is, like, forget the backing. You could still see, like, a clear difference between the main roster and NXT. That's a problem now going to the post-match we mentioned yeah Rhea Ripley she, she reminded me of the Sandman all right let me tell you why <laughs> I know I know that moment yeah why the, the hell are you posing <laughs> while Charlotte's threatening to like stomp this girl's ankle in and you know back in the day like someone would be getting attacked in ECW and the Sandman would go through the crowd drink smoke pose while the guy's still getting attacked in the ring and same is there to save him by the way but he needed to like pour the beer to the fans he needed to like smoke a cigarette play enter same man about three times on loop <laughs> then he'll finally get him like all right you ready here's your beating boom and he'll take him out that's how i got like all right you're here to make the save apparently because you wouldn't have came out unless you wanted to save bianca and you're over here doing poses and taunts on the ramp while charlotte's going to break this girl's ankle now Rhea. 
I'm gonna let you finish, but <laughs> you know what Rhea looked like on the ramp there while she was posing? What? Rhea looked like she doesn't even go here. Oh god. Okay. No, but honestly, <laughs> it, it did show inexperience. And that's why I feel like the referee was kind of like, what are you doing? And he was like pushing her to go because it's like, yo, you're wasting time. You're supposed to just like make the save. Now, now here's the deal. I wasn't sure who to point the blame on this because I don't know if it was Ripley doing her usual entrance uh, and she wasn't supposed to. Or was this just poorly timed? Because and also like in, in Rhea's defense, Charlotte felt like she was a little sped up. You understand? Like, usually when somebody comes out for the save, it grabs their attention. Charlotte quickly stomped on the chair, quickly grabbed Rip- um, uh, grabbed the Bel Air, and put her in the figure eight. And it just felt like she was rushing. And like I said, when Ripley finally came out, the ref is pushing her. So I wasn't sure if this was on Ripley, if it was on just poor uh, management of, of the clock. I don't know what the fuck. Either way, all I know, it was a fail. To your point, if Charlotte sped up, that... Gives you even more incentive to get down there as fast as possible. Yeah, very Like, true. Charlotte's about to, like, do this anyway. Crap, I'm going to miss my spot. I got to run down there. And especially it's a run-in. You're making the save. The Superman, look at Lois, about to get thrown off the damn Empire State Building and says, I'm Superman. Uh, no, he's like, I'll go save her. Like, you know what, though? Like, as as silly as it is, you're, you're completely right. Like, that's the thing, that they've lost touch of reality or of the situation. And it's more of... I have to sell, you know, my my entrance. I gotta I gotta sell this, you know, big pop, and gotta buy into it for the fans. And it's like, that's cool and all, but not for this situation. You know, when a regular entrance for your match, cool, do that. You know what I mean? But not not in this segment where you said yeah. you said it correctly. It's a run in. And one more thing, just because I don't want to stay on this all day, but one last quick thing. It was like a divide of real, like reality and fake because, yeah, Rhea Ripley is over here doing her poses while Charlotte, she stomped her leg in. And, hey, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to lift my leg slowly and like, oh, my God, someone's coming out. No, I'm here to break your ankle. I'm putting it on stomping as fast as possible. So that was like real to me. That was realistic. So I like that she stomped it like as soon as she put the damn chair on it. Yeah, I wasn't mad at that. I wasn't mad at that. But I just know the WWE. The way. Exactly. The way. And it just didn't look like it to me. So, you know, I just thought it was obviously rushed. Totally. But you know what, though? I want to go into some final thoughts on this show. I I do want to point out that something I thought was positive uh, does look like, you know, Damian Priest is going to be involved with Dijakovic and Keith Lee. I don't know if this is going to be a three-way thing. I don't know if it's going to be a proving ground to who face uh, Keith Lee next. I don't know. But either way... I mentioned in the previous podcast, you know, the fight for everything is cool, just not back-to-back-to-back-to-back. So I'm glad that Damian Priest is involved with this. Uh, Something that I've been, you know, wanting to talk about is this Dakota and and Tegan thing and adding Raquel, and now they're going to be having a cage match. And I love how they say, okay, yeah, uh, Velveteen Dream acts William Regal to, to keep it down so he could face... Roddy, come on. Come on, guys. It's just because you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to lift the cage after, you know, after that match and, and take yeah. the time. It was just, I don't know, it was just piss poor. And this whole thing with Dakota and Raquel, I didn't speak on it before when it actually happened, but I don't know. Their their union just didn't make any sense to me. It, because Raquel understands what it feels like, I that's just I don't know. It was just BS to me. Bad storytelling. Um, my final thoughts is simple. Big men need to wrestle like big men. That's it. Dijakovic should not have been 
on the floor taking most of the punishment from Cameron Grimes, who's like half his size. That's all I want to say. Um, yeah, NXT, do better next week. AEW, let's get into that. Now we're going to have a little bit more enthusiasm when I talk. <laughs> Maybe now. What if I call AEW NXT a couple times? Just to, you know, <laughs> just, just just to keep it fair. Yeah. Well, anyway, if, you t- if, you're, if, you're, if you're a wrestling fan on Wednesday, and if you like NXT and AEW equally, and you see Dijakovic versus Grimes, and then you tune into AEW, and you see Pac versus Omega in a 30-minute Iron Man match, which one are you going to watch? It's clear. The Iron Man match. Exactly. And honestly, I was so surprised. I thought this was going to be the main event. Because this match could main event anywhere, any promotion, any show. Like You know what? I, I love that because it seems like AEW gives you a double main event in almost every show. I mean, we talk mm-hmm. about this week in and week out, right? How they, they, they start off strong and they always end strong. Now, there's been times in the middle where it's been a little rough. But right now, they're clicking on all cylinders. Yeah. But I love how it's like a double main event, but it's not back to back. It's not even, you know, in the middle of the card date, right off the right off the bat. Yeah. As soon as you tune in, it's brilliant. Obviously, you know, they're still competing with NXT and they're I feel like they're winning the crowds strictly off of just that that first match. Mm-hmm. Why am I gonna tune? Why am I gonna turn back? I totally agree. And I also love the fact that there's no filler before the match. There's no recap of last week. It's oh, oh yes. AW's on. Ladies and gentlemen, this match is an Iron Man match. It's like, Imme- yep, while NXT, it's same old rock song recap of last week. Hey, they're not even showing X right now. They're, we're about to start right away here. I'm staying on this channel. And, and, you know, it's funny that you should mention that because as we mentioned uh, a little while ago about uh, Ripley kind of selling her entrance, that to me is the same thing. It is WWE just trying to sell you on, on, on last week and trying to recap and tell you. There was that- nothing to sell last week. I fucking, if I'm a fan, I fucking know what happened last week, all right? There was nothing big. There was nothing big last week. What the fuck are you showing me? There was nothing impressive. Let's get into this match, though. You know? Because, honestly, this this was an impressive match. This match was phenomenal. All right. I know I say, for like the last three weeks, oh, this is AEW's match of the year so far. (laughs) You do have a habit of saying that. But, in all honesty, every week, they one-up themselves. In so it's fairness. not like I'm just throwing that out there. I, the I, A-man I, tag I was the match of the year. That cage match topped it. This topped the cage match. This match was phenomenal. Kenny Omega and Pac wrestled their best match that they wrestled so far. It was a hell of a match. A hell of a match. In my opinion, Kenny's best match in AEW, Pac's best match in AEW. This was just a beautiful crescendo of amazingness. And <laughs> I just want to say, like, everything was working in this. Like, even the camera angles... Some of the shots that they took here, I was noticing, like, they took unconventional shots, like side of the ring shots and outside, like, instead of being table level when Pac hits the big shooting star, like, they're below the table, so it looks more like you're taking the impact. Like, some of that stuff was just so innovative to me. You you watch this match as an artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also on top of that. You were taking it in, yeah. man. <laughs> Commentary was good. Shots to JR. He was hitting, like, you know... JR sounded like JR. Like, yeah. oh my God! Ah! Crap, like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, in all honesty, but. That is how, that is how more, JR sounds. The most important thing was the two guys in the ring, they just were on point. They were amazing. And I just can't stress enough how much I love this match. Kudos to both of them. Standing ovation. Thank you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. without a doubt. You know, these are two professionals that really work well together. I mean, really just, really just mesh perfectly. And they showed that in this, in this match. 
It was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal. It blew me away. And um, I forgot what it was, that bump that Kenny took on the outside for, uh, from the um, – when they were – Oh, the, the uh, Falcon Arrow. Yes, the Falcon oh Arrow. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, man. I mean, that shit hurt. You you literally see that padding, and it's like less than an inch, and you literally see the uh, the concrete of the arena floor – so you see the difference. <laughs> that, that's not selling on Kenny's face. He was in agonizing pain. And something I mentioned to you was, like, that would kill me. Like, anxiety going into the match or even all day knowing that, hey, I got to take that I'm bump. This bump. It's not like you could take that in a safe way. You know you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Like, that's – gosh, man. Like, when I saw him, like, in pain, I was like – yeah, I know he's really feeling that. I winced and I grabbed my lower back. I was like, oh, shit, man. I, yeah. I, I, I felt that. I really felt that. Uh, this match was phenomenal. The only thing I would have said was I just thought it was a little weird having the Young Bucks out there. Like, I, I understand it was the, that big feel, but I don't know. They really didn't have anything to do with this match. So it was kind of weird because uh, when Pac kind of uh, cheated with the chair, mm-hmm. and, I mean, he even he didn't hit him on, like, a regular chair shot. He used, like, the corner of the mm-hmm. chair. Um Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply which immediately he gets disqualified, and so he loses point given to Omega. And there's that little break, that 30 seconds, and the Bucks came in to check on on Kenny. And I don't know. It just, uh, you know, as a good friend, like, I would get angry. Like, you try yeah. to you try to really take him out, you know? And he I, cheated, so. Yeah, I, I agree, but I also love the fact that the Bucks were out there. Just for the fact that I feel like this was an answer to everyone saying, oh, we missed the Kenny Omega from New Japan. Because every one of Kenny Omega's big matches in New Japan, the Bucks were in his corner. And I think that it was a nice nod to classic Kenny Omega in New Japan. So that's what it reminded me of. When I saw them come out together, it reminded me of like the Okada matches and the Naito matches where the Young Bucks were there. Not to play a part in the match, but just to be in his corner. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant a seed and I'm going to potentially think that this has something to do with what we're going to get in Revolution. I honestly believe so. And I'll talk about that later on. But 
I don't really see a real reason why they were there for that match itself. But I could potentially see an angle where they could be, you know, that that them being out there plays a significance to what happens at, at Revolution this Saturday. We'll see. But nonetheless, this was absolutely a phenomenal match, mm-hmm. a phenomenal way to start off. Uh, this whole show, it was, you know, it, it flowed very well. And I felt like I was on the edge of my seat. I was interested in this entire show. And um, something I, I enjoyed and, and I was watching was the Elite sit-down. Um, I really love these uh, JR sit-downs. I mm-hmm. think he does a great job. You know, we saw it with uh, with Santana. That was, you know, phenomenal. And now he had it with the with the Elite. And, um, you know, it's an interesting storyline. And that's where I think that we're going to see something out of the ordinary happen. I think it's... Obviously, we're, we're pushing towards, you know, Hangman breaking away and uh, Omega being kind of like this middleman trying to be the glue and stick, you know, keep everybody together. And I think he's the wild card. You know, I I, I, I don't know if I said it on the podcast. I, uh, I definitely know I said it off the podcast that he's like my Weapon X, I think, right now in, in AEW where he's not living up to that full potential that we know Kenny can, uh, can be. Um, it's a little bit of a tongue twister. Kenny can it. Anyway. Kenny can can be. Yeah. Try saying that 10 times fast. But um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't be surprised in this angle where he maybe turns on the Bucks and maybe sides more towards with Hangman. I don't know. I, I think the Bucks being out there for his previous match kind of showed uh, some of this like unity still and that they're still good friends, even though they're going to face each other. And I wouldn't be surprised if during that match at Revolution that there's a situation where he kind of goes too far or, I don't know, you know, kind of turns his back on them in some way. I I agree. I feel like everyone, I think they're setting it up where everyone's eyes are on Hangman to see what he's going to do. But no one's going to be thinking about the wild cards, like you said, Kenny Omega, because they see that Kenny Omega's cool with them. He's a nice guy right now. Exactly. But... I totally agree with you. I think that Kenny Omega is going to be the one to like push it because I I saw it from the new being the elite, the one that came out this week where he like subtly said, we're just getting started, which was what he was saying when things were looking like he was about to turn. He hasn't said that for a while. So it looks like now he's bringing that back like that. He'll turn that we thought we were going to get with Kenny Omega, but forget that this sit down with Jr. was awesome. Favorite line. You were just a jobber in Ring of Honor before we put you into the Bullet Club. That was awesome. I don't know if Ring of Honor is going to get mad about that, but if so, who cares? That was really cool that they're not going to act like whatever happens outside of AEW didn't matter like the WWE does. No, everything matters. There was a story that built AEW, and we're going to connect that story. The Bullet Club is going to be mentioned because this is what created the Elite. Ring of Honor is what put the Elite on national platforms along with New Japan. And then you're going to have AEW stem from all of that. So I think it was cool that they mentioned something from the past. Because it's very little times where they mentioned something in the past. Like, oh, the Japan stuff and Ring of Honor stuff. But it played a big part in this whole group. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I think it, I think it played a big part in this company <laughs> when you think yeah. about it. Well, of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've mentioned in the past, I and mean, Dave even mentioned it, how they don't have, like, that fourth wall. Uh, many times, you know, they'll just... Go right through it. So I appreciate that. Me too. And and in this uh, in this sit down, we got that, and it seemed very real. And I loved uh, the the theatrics of um, of Hangman, where he was making mm-hmm. it known, like he's just like oh, whatever, like oh, this is bullshit. Show not tell. Yeah, exactly. Because he didn't say anything. Um, you know, I thought it was a little forced. Maybe Jr. kind of asking him, but whatever. 
um, noticing like him being a little restless and uh, you uncomfortable <laughs> there, hangman. You uncomfortable? Why are you asking me that? Yeah. I'm just asking questions. Don't get hot. <laughs> you really enjoy doing that. You went a little too far. <laughs> no, but yeah, this was great. Uh, you know, I, I I love the fact that he turned the, the belt into a coaster for his beer. That was fucking. That was great. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're gonna sell, like that's how you sell it. Yeah, my cup is empty and so am I. <laughs> yeah, he played it perfectly. Yeah, Very did. little words, but hey, he made them count. So that was dope. Yeah. Very little words, but something that counted was the main event of the night, which was a weigh-in, which we don't usually see. We see the normal contract signings that we know is going to become a brawl. Something that we don't see is weigh-ins, even though they don't matter. But yeah, yeah. still, it was cool. That was, was a- that was the only thing that was a little bit weird for me is because, yeah. like, there was no weight ever mentioned for this. Yeah. You know, I mean, in, in, the, title, uh, in the title matches prior – there was never any weight. It's not like there's a weight limit. Exactly. But... So, I mean, yeah, that was kind of weird. But other than that, if you look past that, like you said, it is different than mm-hmm. a bullshit contract signing. Definitely. You know, the WWE way is not the only way, obviously. Um, and I like how AEW, we said it on the on the last podcast, how they're a melting pot, but yet they still find a way to do, uh, kind of make, create their own mm-hmm. lane. And I think this was, this was it, you know, prior to AEW, being a thing, we heard from Tony Khan that they were going to be sports-like aspects and, you know, they keep a win-loss record. Now, his major field is in analytics. We thought we were going to get more analytics. Now, who knows? You know, there's still an emphasis in, in, as a company. Yeah. But uh, I thought this was a nice way of, of connecting that sports-like, even if it didn't mean shit, you know what I mean? It was at least a way of them being different, saying we're not going to do yeah. a WWE contract signing. We're going to do our own thing. Yeah. And it was it was cool. It was it was cool. I, I liked it. Yeah, I wasn't complaining that oh, there's a scale in the ring. What this is stupid. No, it was cool. And something that I think I, not sure if I mentioned on the podcast, but I did mention to you was AW did say they were going to be more sports like. And I'm sorry, but a win loss record is not going to be more sports like. You know that's yeah, it's just that's not just, enough. Yeah, you have to do a little bit more than that. You know, where's the balls? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. In all honesty, um, before we get into the segment, something I wanted to say was including the legendary Gary Michael Capetta in this was awesome because we haven't seen him in God knows how long. That was the original announcer for WCW before Dave Penzer and Michael Buffer. But yeah, so it was really cool to see that nod because that was like the NWA to early WCW Saturday night days. And if you know, you know, basically. And he's a legendary voice and he still had the voice. So it was really cool to hear that all these years later. You know, I'm not going to lie. I feel like if ever in your lifetime you cashed a WCW check, stay close to your phone. You may be getting a call from Cody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Alex Wright, are you ready? Like, <laughs> Glacier, are you ready? You know. Glacier was actually on the first AEW show. He was in the Battle Royal for the um, the Casino Battle Royal. I didn't even remember that. Yeah, Glacier, <laughs> Glacier is actually close with Cody. He actually like mentored him because – So are you, are, are you saying we might see Glacier? <laughs> we might see Glacier. We might see – yo. <laughs> Who knows? Who Buff knows? Bagwell, what are you doing? <laughs> are you still stripping? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, I think he's an escort. Anyways. Moving on, how did we get onto that? This is about Mox and Jericho's weight. <laughs> Disco know, Inferno, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, we're going to go down the list of every WCW alumni. Yeah, first let's go with the NWO. There was like 90 people there. Nah. Yeah. But yeah, so let's get into Mox and Jericho. You know what? I thought, I thought this was, uh, like I said, I thought this was a good segment. Um, you know, you got two professionals running it, Mox and Jericho. Mm-hmm. You know, they've done this a million times in WWE. So it came off very natural. Um, 
you know, I like how they still kind of gave Jericho uh, comedy. Yeah. yeah, you know, they—they. They, I was gonna say, well, they gave him that opportunity because obviously champions always go last in sports, so they intentionally made him mm-hmm. go first just for him to open his mouth, you know, and, yeah. and show who's le champion. Uh, so I thought I thought it was I thought it was well orchestrated, and then even after the brawl, like it was it was cool, you know, and 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 Darby comes running out with the skateboard, and and Dustin comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this was this was a really good going going uh going away show f- for uh for Revolution. So I thought it was a great way to end it. I totally agree. I seem to say that after Quite you talk often. a lot. Yeah, yeah. I say well, I say a know, lot of smart things, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty smart takes there. But yeah, um, I love this. I love the fact that Jericho is. Like, the little things can antagonize the crowd so much. Like, what he said about Patrick Mahomes, like, just to entice everybody to just continue booing. Like, that's that's just great heel work. Something else that I liked is, like you said, the whole setup to the big brawl afterwards. Now, Moxley, he headbutts Jericho, which, by the way, did you see the picture of Jericho? No. Afterwards? I, I, I mean, a, I mean during during that segment, you yeah, saw him bleeding. bust it open. Yeah. I figured, there's no bleeding. He, yeah, he, he it, took that head on. Oh, my gosh. Literally like, head on. He, he has, like stitches all up and down like his bridge of his nose like towards his eyebrow and eye it looks disgusting but yeah he had butted in pretty hard one thing i really liked was the fact that without saying the match card they did it early in the night but without saying all right before we go guys this is what you're going to see on the pay-per-view they brought out the match card basically yeah you had dustin come out he's brawling with hager we're going to see that match we've seen darby come out for the second time and get a huge pop again in the night so that's two huge pops for the night he came out. He's fighting with uh, Sammy Guevara. They're doing their thing on the outside. You know, shouts to the Painmaker Posse. They weren't even in a circle. <laughs> yeah. Painmaker Posse. Yeah, yeah. But, like yeah, that. so it was really cool to say, hey, this is the matches that you're going to see, and this is why they hate each other. We're just going to show, like, them brawl. It, it, it seemed more organic than them saying, don't forget, you're going to also see Dustin versus Hager. Oh, and Sammy versus Darby. And, all right, guys, see you Sunday. Like, that yeah. would have been like, all right. But I like the way that they go about this. Well, I've said it in the past, you know, how I, I do appreciate, you know, brawls at the end of, of the show. Mm-hmm. There's just something exciting about that. Uh, and it's a good way to end, um, especially for a pay-per-view. So I'm not mad at it. I, I know they, they sort of tend to do it a little often. But, um, you know, this worked. This they, worked. Exactly. I, I was, you know, yeah, it, if it works, it works. So They do it often, but the way they, I guess, make the brawl happen is always fresh. It's never the same thing where it's like, oh, we've seen that already. Yeah, it's like, a different spin. Exactly. It definitely was a different spin. And I, I thought that with everybody in the track suits and the paintmaker yeah. posse, it was cool. And them coming out, you know, in the in the line. Yeah. Like it was it was definitely different. Wouldn't be surprised if they had a hat and they put all the ways you could brawl in the hat and they just pick out, all right, headbutt starts the brawl. <laughs> all right. Hager makes his debut. All right. Like it's it just seems like every single time it's that, different. That would be a better way to book than what NXT is doing. <laughs> Take notes, Triple H. Damn it. You know, but speaking about revolution. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... 
I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I would love to go down the list and okay. sort of get your take on what do you think is going to happen, but also your predictions on who's going to be the winner. So uh, I took the liberties of writing it down. I was just going to Google it. <laughs> All right. I'm not as no, prepared, no, no. guys. Save your data. Save your data. So we got, I'm assuming it's probably going to be the first match, Pack and Orange Cassidy. It was last minute kind of thrown together. That, but, yeah. That, not to cut you off, that was going to be my final thoughts for this episode of AEW because like it seems so random but gosh i'm excited like yeah you know what this yeah. this is one of those weird ones where it really was thrown together it was a last minute and it's like what the fuck but it's still going to be exciting like it's going mm-hmm. to be fun we definitely know orange cassidy is going to get his his spot his moment but i think that we're going to actually see him wrestle which is interesting mm-hmm. because a lot of people haven't seen him wrestle he's going to try this time yes well he might he might <laughs> we don't know for sure yeah. but hopefully he does <laughs> anyway, um, I definitely, I, I personally think that it's going to be a fun match, but you got to have Pac come out. With yeah, the I, w. I totally agree. I'm going with Pac on this one because, you know, he's been losing every big match he's in. You need to start rebuilding his stock. So, Pac. Yeah. Okay. I, I definitely agree with that one. So, what do, you think, <laughs> what do you think is going to be the outcome with Dustin and Hager? I think Hager has to win. You don't have a match with Hager. After him debuting in October and then not having him wrestle for all this time, and he's a legit like fighter yeah. for him to yeah. lose, and I I don't think that Dustin really needs to win right now. All right, I'm tired of agreeing with you, but I gotta agree on that one. This one is gonna be a little bit interesting. Darby versus Sammy G. That's going to be hard. I think I'm going to say Darby because another guy where he's always been built. Well, he's continuing to build up. But every big match that he's in, he loses. So I feel like one-on-one match in the pay-per-view, it doesn't really hurt Sammy to lose this match. He's still in the inner circle. He's still strong. Darby needs this win because every single time we get invested in Darby in a big match with Darby, he loses the match. I completely agree with you, and I see that angle, and that's why I agree with you. But one thing I have noticed is that Sammy G takes the fall a little bit more often than I would like. Um, it's definitely when it comes to the inner circle, uh, when he's... T- Especially when he's teamed with Jericho, you know he tends to he tends tends to take the loss. Um, even I think with that match with with Dustin, he didn't look good. You know him yeah. walking away. So I don't know. It's sort of weird because, like I said, is that this is a guy that they're high on. I'm definitely high on. You know, I think he has he has it all. Uh, I think he has the charisma. He has the, the talent, and I don't know. It's just I would sort of like to see him get his his just due. You know what I mean? Like I want, I, I, I would like to see him 
kind of earn that. Well, sort of get rewarded with a big win at the pay-per-view. But again, the it's, it's, very, it's Darby, very difficult yeah. because exactly the same thing for Darby. So this is one where I'll tell you this right now. Personally, I don't care who wins because yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with your line, the fans win. <laughs> but I, honestly, like, I think I think you probably go with Darby just because, I mean, you hear yeah. that pop. I mean, it's insane. He is a legit star. Yeah. So Start capitalizing on it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So this one is a little interesting to me. Statlander versus Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose, yeah. I agree with that one as well. I'm just hoping that they make it in such a way that they could possibly create a feud. Because this is sort of a last minute kind of put together as well. And I felt like, you know, these are two of your top women in that division. And I think this is a more, well, matchup where it's equal in size and also in talent. And so I would like to see it kind of be built a little bit more. Because Nyla is a beast, and I don't think you strip her of the title. So soon. Yeah, yeah. exactly, on her like first title defense. But at the same time, I think if anybody's going to give her a, a good challenge, it would be Statlander. Yeah, I'm cool with Nyla winning as long as you keep Statlander looking strong because I don't want Statlander to look like she just gets squashed. But Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we talked a little bit on this one, but the Bucks versus Omega and Hangman. Wait, I think we skipped one. I We what? didn't mention... I'm just going. I'm going down the line. Yeah, because I, I want to just say I don't know if uh, we're going to start talking about the main events now. I want to talk about Dark Order and SCU, which was just like last minute you put on the card. You know what? Good yeah. job because I I completely forgot that. Yeah, one. it was like last minute they put it on the card. That's right. I think the Dark Order is going to win, and I think the Exalted one might be revealed this Saturday. I would agree with that. I think Dark Order needs to win. Mm-hmm. I think they need to win to be taken as. A threat. Yeah, as a threat to be taken more serious. When they first came in, it was like, what the fuck? And then we started seeing the vignettes and this sort of build. And I don't know. They're kind of in that floundering area where I'm not sure what to make of them. You know, there's no big star. There's no driving star behind them. It's not like the inner circle. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, We don't know. So that's the only thing I I could think of is pushing them over that limit. Yeah. Because like I said, right now, I don't know. It's not a fail. But it's not really a success either. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of in that neutral zone. And I don't know where they're going to go with this because I think it's a good idea. And I, I like I like the, the, the stories. I like some of the segments. It's a good thing. It's when are we going to pull the trigger on this? When are we going to take yeah. this a little bit more serious? I think when the Exalted One is revealed, it's either going to make or break the story because it's either going to be like, oh, my God, this is interesting now or eh. all right. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I, I completely agree. I think the Exalted One is, is probably going to be uh, – Weapon X for them. It's going to be either success or fail. Yeah. So, like, I, going back to it, Bucks, Hangman, and Omega. See, this is hard because a couple weeks ago I was going to say the Young Bucks and it's going to be because Hangman and Omega can't get on the same page in this match and they start a feud with each other. But lately, I think that Kenny's going to turn heel and I think Hangman may go along with it and we might get a Kenny and Hangman on the same page as a heel team beating the Bucks. I don't know. It's kind of like out there, but I think that that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to retain because I do think it's going to be a little predictable. Young Bucks title shot. They win. I don't know. I think that we're going to get a little swerve here. You know what? That's a really bold prediction. But like I said before, 
That's my prediction as well. Uh, I think that is uh, a factor that people are overlooking. And I think that it's great when you can uh, pull wool over people's eyes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the pay-per-view, you kind of give everybody that big swerve. And what we thought, Hangman just breaking off alone, yeah, it ends up being almost a split in the elite. Yeah. Which I think would be a little bit more intriguing. And you could kind of drag on a little bit longer than maybe just Hangman kind of separating eventually. Yeah. But might. yeah, I mean, with this match, though, do you think they retain? Yes. Okay. Now, I think the interesting I think the interesting part of this is if the Bucks win, that would give them more motivation for Omega to turn heel. I think maybe the Bucks are – like they are dominating the match and Omega like snaps because, hey – People are saying he doesn't have what it takes anymore. He hasn't shown his real self, and he's about to lose a title. No, I'm not losing this title. You're about to get the cleaner. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see an angle where if the Bucks kind of do something a little dirty, maybe that he felt yeah. disrespected, maybe or, that would give him reason. You about to catch the broom? Ain't trying to feel that broom. Now, this is an interesting one: Cody versus MJF. I think, actually, I know. I oh. know without a shadow of a doubt, MJF needs to win this match. And I'll tell you why. I thought I you were going to say that he is going. I was like, wait, are no. you part of this booking team? Well, Do I need to know something? That's the thing. I don't know if he will win this match because, you know, Cody in matches, you never know. Yeah. Right? But MJF needs this win. Cody is already a megastar. Cody builds back up into being a giant megastar to just get to this match with MJF. And no matter what, how many times... Cody beats a top contender, he'll never get another title shot. So it doesn't even make sense. So I think that the only logical explanation, well, the only logical thing to do for this is for MJF to win this match. You want to continue building the star of MJF because the star of Cody is already up there. Now let's get the next star up there. Yeah, I was going to say if Cody wins, it's a win for Cody. If MJF wins, it's a win for Cody, it's a win for MJF, and I think it's a win for AEW. Mm-hmm. All for all the reasons that you just said. So poetic. Thank you. I'm a writer. Anyway, MJF is already showing that he's probably the top heel in the business. What better way than to beat Cody? Cody's been on this, you know, amazing ride, crazy ride, more like it, just to get this match with MJF. And he has that, you know, that Rocky story. And hey, Rocky won. He, he lost. Yeah. Rocky lost. And I think that's what made people fall in love with him and fall in love with the story. And I feel like that's the same thing here. You know, he had that big moment in Atlanta in front of his home crowd. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, that's the last impression you have. That's going to be a exactly. moment that they're going to show for the rest of AEW's history. He, yeah, he got his moment for the in the feud. He got his moment. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's, that's enough because exactly like you said that he's – Never going to, you know, compete for a title. You know, MJF is the future. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Mox and Jericho. This is tough because I I wouldn't mind anyone winning here. I just don't know if right now is the time you pull the trigger and take the title off Jericho. I do think we might see something at the end of the match to give Mox an out for losing. But it creates something with Mox and a sub feud, and then he could 
come back and say, hey, you never beat me clean. But right now, I think Jericho's still running strong. And I think that even though Mox is the hottest act in AEW, taking the belt off Jericho would be a little premature. Yeah, I can't I can't really see Mox winning this match. Uh, I think the the right decision would would be to continue running with Jericho as the champion. But I think they're going to be walking a tightrope because I don't think you have Mox lose clean to Jericho. But at the same time, you know, we've had many of these angles of Mox being in, in these matches against Inner Circle and he's, you know, going against them one by one and almost the same kind of buildup. Like I said, these two storylines have been running sort of parallel with yeah. each other. And, you know, he's had there's been a lot of run ins. You know, he's gotten jumped by them plenty of time. So you don't want to repeat that at the pay-per-view and you spread this this feud out for so long that how do you make this fresh again so i don't know honestly i don't really have a prediction and or you know i don't have an idea on how you actually do this with mox being able to to lose but still be able to continue this feud and where it's going to be interesting and you know he's going to get his title shot you know i I mean because you're not going to have Jericho drop the belt, I think, on a regular Dynamite. No, but he could drop the so, belt at Double or Nothing. Yeah, but that's like in what? Like another two, May. Yeah. three months almost? So you're going to extend this feud even longer? Well, maybe maybe that's not the feud that they extend. Maybe we go away from Mox and Jericho for now, but we know we're going to come back to it eventually because Mox has – that's what I'm saying. He has an out for mm. having another title shot, but first he has to take care of the problem of why he lost that match. Whether that be someone debuting or someone attacking him or something, right? There has to be a reason for Mox to move away from Jericho, but still say, hey, I'm not done with you yet. You know what I mean? And then we could have a star or whoever's next up ready for Jericho. And something about like that long stretch, hey, we've seen that AEW could take a story and stretch it and make you want it by the end. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I don't I don't doubt in their creativity in uh, writing a story where I'm going to be intrigued. Um, they've been doing a good job at that with these long feuds, still making it intriguing. Now, off the podcast, you you came up with a brilliant idea that I just remembered. You said, what if Brody Lee, who is rumored to, to be signed with AEW and to be making an appearance soon, or his debut, what if he debuts at, at Revolution, somebody in Mox's past, and interferes, somebody that's not part of the inner circle, and that gives Mox's out and yet creates a, a new feud with somebody else. That could happen. That was a brilliant I think that was a that was a, a brilliant idea by you. Thank you. But it just hit me. Lance Archer just got signed to oh, AEW. That's right. That's right. And yeah. Lance Archer became the US champion in New Japan due to Mox's uh, what's called inability to wrestle a match in New Japan. And they basically handed him the belt, and then Mox beat him at Wrestle Kingdom for the belt. So maybe Lance Archer has a gripe against Mox. And maybe he's the one. Because we know he's debuting next week. But maybe that's like a little swerve to like, yeah. hey, don't expect him to be at the pay-per-view. And then, oh my God, he's at the pay-per-view. And he still has a gripe with Mox. They could play the story that, hey, his last match in New Japan, he lost the belt because of Mox. The only thing is that I'm not sure if they would if they would announce it prior to. Because they just announced the signing. And if you're going to go that route. At the pay-per-view? I mean, you, you the, couldn't wait? The same way that they announced Jeff Cobb. So, hey, true. who is this That's guy? True. Let me look into him before he debuts, and then I'm excited when he debuts instead of like, mm. who is this guy? Why is he in the main event right now? Why is he attacking Mox? Give a little backstory. If I Google 
Lance Archer, first thing that's going to come up is Wrestle Kingdom lost the title to John Moxley. Oh, wait a minute. You know what? Yeah. That that sounds very plausible. There's so many different so ways. Many things you could do here. I, yeah. I, that's why I am really excited. I am excited for this card. Like, I there's am... not one match, you know, where you could, quote unquote, go take a piss for. You know what yeah, I mean? You better hold it in. Yeah. Hey, Your glass is going before, Hold it until after. Because this card is just stacked. Yeah. And I'm just excited. I'm excited to shoot the podcast afterwards. Yeah. Me too. Reminder, guys, check us out. We're going to be shooting it right after. So we'll be out on Sunday morning. Uh, well,. Depends on what time this uh, finishes on Saturday. But, hey, if you guys want to stay up late and listen to the podcast right afterwards, just give us, like, an hour or two. We're going to put it up. Yeah, this definitely is going to be a good one, guys. Yeah, I'm excited. So you guys stay tuned and uh, stick with us. Yes. Take care, guys. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 